Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Thank you, Bo Matthews. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. We have a great episode today with Jay Merchinson, CEO and President of Concero. But before we get to this week's episode, this podcast is sponsored and powered by Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Go Brand Go, Enterprise Bank and Trust, and the Tom James Company. And now to this week's episode with Jay Merchinson. Jay Murchison, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you jumping on here with me today. You bet. Thanks for having me, Brian. Excited to be here with you guys. Absolutely. We met uh, several years ago doing through some networking and through some EO work and came and checked out your office and was very impressed. And you guys have won several awards for your company. And so I wanted to get you on here today talking a little bit about, you know, how you guys got started, you know, what growing up was like for you and what led you to start Concero. You know, uh, there's the, there's long versions, short versions, and I'll uh, I'll spare you a lot of the details. But um, you know, my dad was an army guy. I was a military brat, and uh, throughout his tenure and 37 years in the army, uh, he still was very entrepreneurial. So I saw him uh, start a lot of businesses. They didn't necessarily come to fruition, and uh, you know, make a, a lot of money on the back end of it or anything like that. But but I did get to see it was an exciting. Uh, effort behind trying to grow something from scratch and create something. And uh, he always brought a lot of excitement to the house with that. So I kind of grew up with that in my life. And then uh, I would tell you, I guess it's been almost 10 years ago, I was approached by two buddies that are now business partners as well. And uh, probably three or four big, tall beers later, uh, (laughs) Sarah was born. So uh, it was, it was great. You know, we, we had the concept down many years ago before that, but I was afforded a great situation to walk into where we could build out something and do things a little bit different than our competitors were for the staffing world. So, um, so yeah, friendships and just kind of seeing entrepreneurship grow, uh, growing up. Yeah. It sounds, so it sounds like you had the entrepreneurship in your blood and, and uh, yeah, almost 10 years ago now, I think you guys started in 2012. So you're coming up on that 10 year anniversary. Um, you mentioned the two buddies that kind of got help you get started and how, you know, your business partners now, for the people who are listening to this that don't know the company, talk to us about the company, what you guys do, and what your niche is. You bet. So Concero Technology Group is the, the original name. We, we dropped down to just Concero because we started diversifying outside of technology. But we are an IT-focused uh, recruiting firm that then jumped into um, industrial accounting and finance, some clerical, 
sales, even support staff. So we've, we've diversified based upon our clients' push, but we do direct hire recruiting, hire recruiting, and we also have our typical contractors that work for us out in the field too. So um, we've built a incredible network in the St. Louis market so we can start local, but then we expand and spiral outside of the St. Louis market even more and more as the, as the world changes around us today. Yeah. So you guys are operating outside St. Louis, it sounds like. We are. We're, we're, we're forced to, right? I mean, the yeah. St. Louis market has incredibly, uh, you know, intelligent, bright, innovative individuals, but uh, the demand is higher than that supply still. So we are, we are networking and building new geographies every single day. There's 18 specific targeted markets that we hit on a daily basis with our team of recruiters uh, to continue to find the best and the brightest. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In today's job world, you kind of have to uh, broaden your horizons, I guess you could say. But uh, talk to me. I want to spend a little bit of time on this company culture. Uh, When I first met you, I came into your office and was, I mean, you're in Chesterfield, was really blown away with kind of your build out of that office, what it looked like. Um, And you and I actually talked quite a bit about kind of company culture and um, what that means to you. And I, I think you alluded to it just a minute ago on the kind of what makes you guys different. But um, to, to that point, you know, you guys have won best company to work for in, you know, by the St. Louis Business Journal. You've been finalists for years. How did you guys develop the culture that you have there and how do you keep it? So the word culture is so overused that it becomes like, how do you even identify what a culture is, right? So and the reason I start with that is because Every time we hire someone or we recruit for one of our customers to, for their hires, they ask for a cultural fit, right? So it is hard to pinpoint that for anybody's organization. But to, to go back and tell you the philosophy of how we built and what we have today, uh, Ryan, honest man, it, I, I defined it as if I'm not here and I don't want to show up every single day and I don't like the people I'm around and I'm not engaged in the business and even the, the tomfoolery silliness by the water cooler on a daily basis. And, you know, that we've got, we're missing something. Um, so we were hypersensitive to that, right? Surround ourselves with a bunch of unique individuals, very diversified workforce, but with these common goals and desires in life. And that's that work-life balance. And, you know, there's so many different components, uh, but I'll tell you, it, it really stemmed with a, an overused phrase too, you know, work hard, play hard. And as much as you may read it on a t-shirt or see it somewhere, I can tell you what, there's not many organizations in the world, in my opinion, that are doing what we're doing as far as we bust our butt. We have extremely, you know, uh, just extremely intelligent people that are working very hard every single day in order to pursue their dreams and happiness on the back end. And those two work hand in hand. So we're high, we're highly aware of everybody's goals on what they need to do work, but what they get to yield from that as far as the outcome on the social, you know, impact to their life and their family. So it's hard to balance it, but we were aware and we listen and we adapt as we continue. That's how we retain. We're listening and we're changing based upon conversations that are happening every single day. So let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned there you're, you're aware of those employees' um, goals. So I, my question is, are, are you meeting with your employees, asking them what their why is, you know, why are they, why do they come in and work so hard? What, you know, what is it that, what is it that they're trying to accomplish from a, a personal goal or for their family or things along those lines? Yeah, it is. You know, there's a million books that'll tell you to get to the why if you're qualifying 
you know, a business need out there in the market, or if you're, you're simply talking to your spouse, like what's, what's making people tick. And I do think that's where it stems from the why, right? Where, where do they start with, uh, when they wake up in the morning and why are they getting out of bed and excited? But, um, to get there is hard, right? And there's a relationship and communication that has to be at a very high level. And I stole the idea from one of, I'm in YPO now as well. And I, it could be a great organization as far as being around individuals that have gone through or building organizations and, and working with both their employees and trying to uncover the why. But there was an exercise that one of my peers in YPO, uh, Josh is his name. He, he said, you know what? I do these walk-and talks where he spends couple 30 minute segments throughout the week with his employees, no agenda outside, get a little fresh air, get a little exercise and just engage, simply engage. Where's your head? How's it going? How's, how's the kid's soccer game to how are your KPIs looking? Right? So that combination of mixing the worlds a little bit has been great. It's hard to spread myself thin at times, but I absolutely love when I connect on a personal level and I get to the why. Uh, yeah. But it takes energy and effort. You don't stumble into it. You've got to, you know, I know that I have to be pur- purposeful to get there. Yeah. Well, and to my earlier point about your office, your office is very unique. It's obviously set up to create a, a good atmosphere atmosphere for the employees. You have a bar, you have ping pong tables, all those types of things in the office to make that atmosphere. But all that's in the lobby. And once you walk through the doors to the offices, that's where it's, that's where it all happens, right? So it's almost like a it's, a, it's not all in one big spot. You know what I mean? And so you got to have it separated um, at least the last time I was in there was. So you, you play hard in this little space here, but when you walk through those doors, it's time to work. And you coined it. That's perfect. And that's what we say. You're like, hey guys, we're working hard over here. We're playing hard on this side. And we have that that wall that separates the two universes. Um, but but there's a business reason for the, the play hard side. We want to differentiate in our environment. We want, we want our guests to come in and be relaxed, have a, a warm coffee or a cold adult beverage, right? Whichever they're in the mood for to just sit down and engage in a conversation that is a little bit more unique than sitting in an eight by eight room and reviewing resumes. Right. So there was a business reason on the play, on the play side, if you will, with the the shuffleboard and, you know, pool table and all that bar and all that. Um, But as you're right, as our team walks back over to their, um, you know, work environment, it is structured. It's a little structured chaos because we're high collaboration and high communication. So that part is, probably even more about culture than, Hey, let's have a a beer and play pool. That's nice. But I think our team laughs and engages more than anything on the work side, because that's where they spend the majority of their day, you know, trying to, you know, do the best for their customers too. So, yeah, well, I really like the walk and talk. That's, that's a pretty unique um, thing that you do, but I also can see how that could really make an employee feel that you're invested in them outside of just the work spot. Right. And, and creates kind of that, that culture which kind of forms into really your leadership and what makes you guys unique. But let's spend a little bit of time on leadership, your leadership style, and kind of what inspired you to really lead, uh, formulate your leadership the way you have and lead the organization. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I have three young boys that my wife and I, Shelly, are raising. And, you know, every day, you know, I question my, you know, leadership in the house. Are we leading these children down the right path? And, you know, and, and I think how did that relate to my role growing up and, you know, leadership, right? That we had, again, a, an ambiguous uh, a word that can be broken down in so many different parts of your life. And I think it started for me with my, the parents I had, my mom and dad that raised my brother and I were very involved. 
Um, and they were also very strict, right? They had, we had a lot of guidelines in life to adhere to. And so I, I think that parenting led me down a path, but then I also, I was in athletics most of my life. And even now I am as a, as a uh, coach for my kids and um, my coaches that I was surrounded by were incredible men that, that were able to shape the way I thought and, and treated other people and respected the, the opponent on the other side of the field and my work ethic every day. And those components were amazing. And I respected my parents and as well as my coaches, as far as leadership. So I think I, I took that and I cherry picked, right. I was able to cherry pick what worked for me to develop me into a hardworking individual with a purpose every morning when I wake up and I try to emulate pieces of that. Like I said, cherry picking the best to then create this um, personable relationship that yet can yield high output from all of our individuals, right? Nobody can say as much as we may work hard, play hard, we are maximizing potential every single day. And that's my promise to an employee. You come work for us. We're going to, we're going to push you. And, uh, but typically we've hired the people that push themselves. They don't necessarily, you know, it's not the push they need. It is the leadership and guidance, but we're here to help continue to get that, get the most out of them. And, and they are getting the most out of us, which is probably even the best part of everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let me ask you about COVID. Um, you know, I, I have made a joke last week on, on this podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day that I don't have to ask this question anymore, but it's still very relevant uh, right now. And, and it's been your business I, that well, I have a path of where I'm going with this, but how did COVID affect you guys last year as a business? And then the second part of that question is you guys are recruiters. You're out there placing people you know, I hear all the stuff in the news about um, the job market being, you know, really bad right now because if people just don't want to come to work because they're getting unemployment from the federal government, things along those lines. So talk to me about the impact that COVID had on you guys last year and even into this year. And then kind of what the, what do you, what are you seeing from a job market perspective and where do you think it's going? Yeah, you bet. Uh, and to your earlier point, I've answered this question many and many times, it feels like, right? So um, it is, well, so where we were March of last year, um, as we quarantined our organization to stay safe um, and our customers started to, unfortunately, you know, we've got hundreds of billable consultants out in the field that typically um, can be affected uh, first in, in, in organizations when people are cutting costs. So we did, we were hit very hard, uh, probably five weeks in, and that lasted for a good quarter, right? Probably another three months. And um, then we started to plateau and then people started to figure out how do we hire, continue to move business forward with this weirdness of interviewing and hiring and onboarding, all the things you have to do to bring a human into your world, right? right. So it took a good quarter, I think, for the majority of organizations that we work with, we work with hundreds of clients just in the St. Louis market alone that had to make this adjustment. And even though we were coaching and helping them through this, um, it took a while. So once we got there, we started to ramp back up in a hurry. So that ramp up has been happening since probably June, July of last year. But here we are in 2021. And what looks different now is it's not the demand for bodies, right? Not the demand for top talent. 
It is the ability to retain that top talent. So our customers are losing good people because the market is yielding um, a lot higher salaries. So people are being compensated more than they ever have, in my opinion, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. And I, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's really, it's, it's, it's a crazy uh, shift, but you want to get the best and the brightest. And sometimes you have to put a dollar behind that. And that's what's happening. So even when we extend an offer to one of our consultants that our client has made and they're excited, they go back to tell their current employer that they're leaving that current employer counter offers with, you know, dollars, right? And so that's shifting the market as far as cost is concerned. And that's concerning for me because it affects my clients. You know, they have, they have to pay a different amount than they did, you know, 12 months ago. So um, it's unique in that regards. Also the local talent you mentioned, or, you know, people going back to work, government aid, you know, going down, how are people, you know, shifting, going back versus, you know what, I'm comfortable sitting with the income I have today. Um, it affects us, that's for sure, because we don't have this number of applicants we had in the past. So thank goodness we've been good networkers. You know, we're sure. working with people that are gainfully employed typically out there and we're gonna help them elevate. But going into new markets, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, that's probably been the biggest shift for us that has opened new doors, right? You work with a Honeywell or you were someone that's not in St. Louis, right? Other big, large organizations or, or mom and pop shops that have great people but haven't been exposed to the St. Louis opportunities. And yeah. so that's the shift for us to figure out this shifting costs and the changing environment that the crazy remote world we've lived in for the past 12 plus months. Well, I was just going to ask you about that. Do you now with COVID and a lot of people working remotely and myself included, I, I, I'm going in the office two days a week now instead of five, um, saves me two hours in driving every day. And, you know, a lot of other things. Do you see, um, the remote work, uh, staying around for quite a while, or do you think eventually people will start to go back into the office five days a week? You know what, it is a definitely a client by client basis. But if I were to generically answer that, I would say remote is not going away. I mean, it is going to be a hybrid model at very, at the very least. Uh, but I think there's people can lower their operating costs. They can have higher, you know, higher efficiency with their employees, like you mentioned, by saving on a commute. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of advantages for those remote workers. It depends on what their core job is, right? Sure. Um, if you're a technician, a technical you know, person that's in IT, um, you could probably do everything from home, right? If you are servicing someone and you're a, you know, a hostess, you clearly need to be there and help them get to their table. Right. So I, it's, it depends on where we're talking about, but I don't see the remote going away. I think it'll continue to save companies money and help them, you know, spend that money on their employees in better ways. Yeah. So, I mean, we used, like I said, we used to be in the office five days a week and um, all of our employees used to be right here in St. Louis at the corner of Olive and 270 in our office. Um, and now we started hiring employees in, in different markets because they can work remote and we're comfortable with it at this point. And the leadership of my organization is comfortable with it. And it gives us access to talent that we normally wouldn't have access to right here in St. Louis. So I agree with you. I think, I think the remote thing or the hybrid thing um, will be around for a while. And I think, I think at some point, you know, people will uh, be leaning more towards going to the office. I think there's still some collaboration that happens when you're inside the office, things along those lines that you just don't get when you're at home by yourself. But, you know, with technology now, there's Zoom, there's Microsoft Teams, there's, you know, all these different platforms to allow those employees to collaborate and, and feel like they're in that inside that environment. You know what, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and I'll tell you, my opinion on it is we came back about 14 weeks after everything 
uh, started during COVID. And, and that, when we came back in, it was refreshing. That first couple of days of, wow, are there other people in the room? You know, we spaced out, took every precaution and we moved around the entire space and it made it very safe. But having people back in where we could communicate and collaborate, like you mentioned, there was no te- technological solution that was going to equal being in this office and the way we're able to, to accomplish the tasks that our customers are asking us to do. So I couldn't be more proud of my team. They came back in and, you know, if you pulled them right now, I'm pretty sure you get a, I'm going to say a hundred percent, but there might be one outlier in there, but hundred percent people saying, I do not want to be at home. A hundred percent. We have some, we all, we always have people working remote here and there to sure. accommodate their lifestyle, but not because of, you know, anything other than get your, get your butt in here and, uh, and ham it up with the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we talked earlier in this uh, episode, you're getting ready to celebrate 10 years. Um, if you have to look back at these last 10 years and there was one thing that you believe has led to your company's success, what would that be? You know, um, I'm going to start with my kids again because I try to carry this through the organization and culture of who we are and what we do. And so as we, we help work with our candidates or clients, you know, once again, I said my children, everything we do, there's this re, this reoccurring theme. And we ask this of both parties, it's be coachable. And what I mean by that and what that means to our customers and our clients and you know, my children and so on is listen to the person across from you, understand what they're asking of you and make those adjustments, right? It's, it's, we don't have to live in this black and white world of business. And if we're not adapting to change and looking for it in advance and being coachable for the person on the other side that's giving us information, sharing data, man, are we missing out. So we have done a fantastic job of leadership at Concero. Our, our, our employees are amazing at sharing and, and providing information, helping coach us as leaders in this organization to be better leaders. So if you went around and just cherry picked again, you know, the stories and, and successes, wins and losses, um, it comes down to coachability. Yeah, absolutely. So well, that's, I, that's, I would hang, I would hang my hat right there. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more on that sentiment. Let me ask you this, you know, when you started the business and now 10 years into it, have there been any books that you've read along the way that helped shape the vision that you had for the organization, whether it was the culture or the leadership style that you have? I'll tell you what, Brian, I could probably count on one finger how many books I've completed. So if that helps you there, but um, <laughs> um, you know what? I am a huge advocate of starting books and, and stealing and plagiarizing messages and, and the themes and, and really I get excited easily, right? I, I, I feed off of that stuff. I, your, your podcasts are fantastic. I've been listening to your podcasts and just getting those nuggets from various sources. So as I joke around about reading an entire book and you mentioned podcasts, I've, I've gone through dozens and I shift all the time and you know the flavor of the day. So I don't think there's anything I'd hang my hat on. But what I would tell you is that, um, man, I enjoy it. I'm going to see Michael Phelps speak here in St. Louis tomorrow uh, with an organization he's, he's, he's speaking. And I can't wait to hear what he says. I mean, who doesn't want to hear right. someone that's achieved what he's achieved? What is his message going to be, right? Um, all the way to you know people you've never heard of that have gone through struggles of life. So um, that all those things impact me and I try to implement versus just digesting it internally, but I tried to then implement that into a change that we would do in our organization to better, but nothing that jumps out, man. Yeah. Noel, no, I think to your point with podcasting now, 
I mean, you can get people's views on leadership and culture and, you know, organizations and, and all those types of things in all in a variety of different ways. And, you know, to that point, you know, you might get a nugget here, you might get a nugget there and you might apply it, you might not. But what you said there is that you continue or trying to, to figure it out, continue to try to learn from all those different avenues and apply what's necessary when you think so. So um, every leader I've ever talked to on this podcast always pretty much says the same thing that. You, if you if you're not coachable yourself, if you're not willing to listen to others and and take pieces of information from them and apply it to your life or your company's life, um, then you're probably not a very good leader. And so it, it's a resounding theme to this podcast that all those CEOs that I talk to are con- doing all they can to continue to educate them on leadership and culture and 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 revenue and things along those lines. And you, you're you're no different from that. But I, I love to hear that. Or let me ask you this. Has that changed you, the way you've seen things? And you, you, you've gathered all this information, a lot of great conversations, with a lot of very successful people over the years here. Have you started to adapt any of these things into your uh, daily routine? Well, absolutely. I think to, to that point, I, I, I mean, you're going to be the 49th episode, I believe, or 51st episode. I got I to gotta look at the schedule. But I've talked to so many leaders uh, through this podcast, and I've pulled nuggets out of it. Um, Ben Newman was on a couple of weeks ago. And, and uh, if you've never heard Ben Newman speak, I, go, I would suggest I go listen to the Maybe. podcast. He's a, he's a very passionate, great individual. You know, and something he said to me is you choose the life you, you choose the life that you live. And uh, a quick story this morning, I got up, my wife got up and it was, we have a four month old baby and it was a very, very hectic morning. And she said to me, this is going to be a terrible day. And, and I looked at her and I said, you're going to choose how this day is going to be. If you want this day to be a good day, then smile put a positive attitude on yourself and walk out the door. Don't worry about what's happened this morning. And, and Ben's right. You choose every single day, whether it's going to be a good day or a bad day. And it all happens right between your ears, right? It's what your attitude is. And so I've absolutely applied a lot of these things I've heard um, through this podcast in my life. It's one of the reasons I started the podcast, um, to be honest with you. And it's, it's fun to have all these leaders give their uh, nuggets on leadership and, and how they go about their day. That's awesome. Man. And Ben Newman's amazing. I agree. Yeah. Well, congrats on the four-month-old. Uh, your life, my friend, is hectic. You called it. And it's, it's, it's a crazy part, but it only gets better. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. Well, Jay, I always end this podcast by asking my, my guests pretty much the same question, which is, if you could look at your life, your career, anything along those lines, and pull one piece of advice out to somebody listening to this episode today, what piece of advice would you give them? Um. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be repetitive, Brian. Uh, I'm I think everyone needs to listen and be coachable. I really do. I, there's too many people that want to hear their own voice, and in today's world, everyone has a voice, uh, which is great. You know, it's it's great that people can get their message heard, but how many people are listening to the message and then digesting that information and then implementing that? Right. I, I, I there's a whole different level of listening and and speaking if if it's not if you're not doing anything with it. So um, I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna regurgitate the word coachable again and i would say continuing to to have coachable people in our universe man it's just going to make everybody uh live a little bit better together yeah absolutely i think it's the theme of this this episode is you know if if you're going to have this ego or think you know everything and you can't be coachable when you're one probably not get a little along with a lot of people but also you're not gonna (laughs) you're not gonna continue to educate yourself and so i i couldn't agree more with just being open to conversation being open to new ideas um, being open to change. Um, and, and that can make you a good leader yourself. So it's j- hard, isn't it? I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I'd like to believe I'm, you know, I'm right a lot and, and holy cow, am I not, 
but it, it it's it's tough but I, I try to check my ego at the door and you know I have a lot of confidence and I, I come across very um I don't know, probably an aggressive attitude at times but I'm highly aware when I need to shut my mouth and listen <laughs> as well so well it's tough I would also give you a little credit. I, I don't know if you remember how we met, but I sent you a cold LinkedIn message and you accepted it and you offered me to come into your office and meet you. And that was three, four, I don't even know, five years ago. And so I would say you're approachable. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say you're not aggressive. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I appreciate you inviting me to this. It was, I mean, this was a fun conversation. Like I said, really great job building your brand and doing what you're doing. And I think the people you have attracted are amazing. And uh, I appreciate being a part of that. 51 or 49 people as uh, they, as they all come, step. they all start rolling together when you get to these many episodes, but yeah, absolutely. I, like it, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and on behalf of everyone here at the STL leaders podcast, I appreciate your time today. Thanks Brian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL leaders podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Don Imholz.